Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We are super thrilled that you are listening to our little show here, the Guitar Knobs podcast. If you are new, welcome. If you are old, glad you have not given up on us. Thank you. Uh, yes. And uh, we do appreciate all of your support. We've got somebody very special on the line today. Hey, this is Alex Garaldi from Copper Sound Pedals. We are a small boutique pedal company based in Massachusetts. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, they are makers of some mighty fine pedals, and they sent them out to us, and we we're happy to play them, and we're excited to talk about these. They've, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Everybody out there who is familiar with pedals on the internet have seen at least one or two of these uh, very special pedals that they make. You so can't miss them. We are going to get into that later. But first, we've got some stuff we want to take care of real quick. Like, um, we do want to mention that there is somebody very special that I want to call out personally who has been helping me along quite a bit with our uh, t-shirts, actually. Julie Z from Custom Inc. has taken amazing care of us and uh, really helped me through a, a little tough part uh, recently. So I invite you to check out customink.com. You know, send them, a let, send them an email, ask for Julie Z, get on the phone, ask for Julie Z, she will hook you up. I know a lot of you listening have your own uh, thriving little companies and, uh, you know, Hey, everybody needs a good t-shirt now and again. And so, uh, we want to thank her. So thank you. Who Julie is that? Who, who should we Z. ask for? Julie Z. They're great. Yeah, they are great t-shirts. And if you want one of those t-shirts, hit us up. Good quality. Yeah. I wear one every other day. Yeah. Almost. Cause I have a lot of them. What, what he doesn't tell you is he doesn't wash it. That's no, true. I, just, well, I just have the one. Yeah, it is true. We noticed. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, well, by now, we all know that Andy Martin of the Tone Report is over at Reverb doing his thing. And historically, he's really only tackled new pedals. Well, not anymore. Andy is incorporating demos of vintage pedals now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and those are really fun to check out. And we know we talk about vintage pedals all the time on here. So uh, if you go over there, you can check out the new Andy's Vintage Picks video featuring the 1983 Boss BF2 flanger and all that's flangetastic goodness go over to reverb.com and click on the demo videos on the homepage, and then boom you get to see it super cool i'm excited to see what other cool old ones they dig up and of course reverb is a place that you find all the pedals that you can't find anywhere else pretty much if if it exists it's you can probably find it there that's a new tagline they should have that uh anyways we also want to Give a real quick shout out to Rode Microphones for hooking us up with these awesome microphones. Thank you to Rode for allowing us to record our thoughts, opinions, and nonsense on these Rode Procaster series microphones designed and built entirely out of Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much. And guys, for those who have been listening for at least the last couple episodes, you've heard us talk about some of the changes we've had. We've, we've got... So some new equipment we've invested your your um, Patreon money as best we can into bringing the best sound that we can. You're probably going to notice 
that our guest sounds better today too. And that is also a product of it. So we are investing, trying to make this uh, as good as we can get it for you guys. So I think most of our tweaks to this are just about done. And uh, hopefully it's sounding a whole lot better and you can notice it and, uh, and are appreciating it. But that's enough of all that stuff. What's going on in our music world today, guys? Tony. Oh, I'm first. Well, I, I, I'm doing, uh, actually finishing up a pretty cool project. Um, I got an email from the uh, artist relations guy over at Paul Reed Smith. Ooh. And they needed, uh, apparently they have an artist, I'm guessing, that needed a, uh, a, a modification on their kestrel bass. And their normal pickup layout is double jazz. And apparently this uh, artist needed one with um, a P bass pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so jazz in the in the neck, or sorry, jazz in the bridge and a, and a P bass in the middle or neck position, whichever you want to call it. And uh, so, you know, I, I normally try not to get in the middle of rush jobs because it's just not my style. But, mm-hmm. but they needed it fast. And so I'm, you know. Sometimes you have to fly by night to get it done. Fly by night away from here. Uh, and hopefully it's right, too. Boy. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but it's cool. He, you know, he overnighted me a, a, a one of their guards because I didn't have a template for that particular model. And uh, I should have these finished up, shipped out, so that by Prime Monday or Tuesday, they'll be able to put it on this That's artist super base. cool. That's super cool. So thanks to Paul Reed Smith. Nice. Yay! Alex, how about you? Hey, so this week is pretty much consisting of numerous projects going on right now. One that I can talk about is just pretty much me trying to square everything away for the release of our new pedal Broadway that we Mm, announced at NAMM. So there's a lot of moving parts going on and that's one of them I'm trying to finalize. And I think next week we'll have it finalized and then final versions will be going out to dealers end of February, early March. Cool. We were checking that out. Is, is that yeah, the, the telly one? The, yeah, that's the one that's that looks like the telly or a broadcaster, cool. if you oh, will. Oh, I'm sorry. A broadcaster, where, if you will. Where, where the name derives from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you got to watch true. out for Gretsch because they'll come after you in a heartbeat. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ironically, Fender owns them now. Yeah, isn't that? <laughs> what comes around goes around. And yeah. Back Take around. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. That's cool. Well, everybody make sure you are keeping track of all posts out by Copper Sound Yeah, for this new... Uh, can you tell them a little bit about it? Yeah, we, we kind of announced uh, what's going on with it. That's a derivative of ye old Rangemaster PNP Germanium style. Yeah. Uh, so when I... I think I drew up the original broadcaster like prototype and drawings for like three years ago right after i did the strategy which is the one that looks like a strat cutout if you've ever seen it before yep. yes we have it in front of us <laughs> yeah so after i did that one i drew out the telly one because i'm a telly guy and good man it's it's it was actually a range master back then because i was always thinking one of the characteristics of that guitar has always been its ability to have a bright straightforward sound so I thought classic uh, germanium treble booster was a good s- starting point. And then from there, it's m- f- 
you know, taking shape what it is right now. It's got a few tweaks before it's finally done, but it's on its way. Mm-hmm. Cool. And just for those who may not be as familiar, what you know, uh, Range Master and Treble Booster, it's, you know, when you say Telly's got a nice bright sound, often you also hear the term ice pick associated with it. But mm-hmm. when you say um, a treble booster, if you're not familiar with how treble boosters work, you might be sa- saying like, why on earth would you try to boost the treble on a telly? Could you just kind of explain that a little bit for our audience? Yeah, I think the idea originally with these was to almost model a guitar in a box, if you would. You see so many amp in a box stuff around, you know, Marshall's amp in a box, plexi stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be cool to have a cutout of a guitar that and try to make it sound like that. So the ideal scenario is not a telly going into this per se, even mm-hmm. though it does sound good. The idea is like, okay, I have my Les Paul and now I put it in here and I can have more of a telly sound. Right. Right. You Ooh. know, which is the original, cause I mean, you know, there's so much low end with a Les Paul to the point where most Les Pauls, it seems that if you don't have the tone dimed out, oftentimes you get a little too muddy. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know, and the, the original range master, uh, was, you know, a, a defining sound for getting, getting clarity, uh, in, in, in drive as I, as I understand that. Yeah. And cleans up a lot of the low end muddiness in darker amps too. Right. But you know, there's no wrong way to do something. Right. The the misnomer is that because it's called a treble booster, you're not actually boosting the treble. Yeah, you cut bass more so, if anything. Right. Yes. Which what, what we did, instead of having a tone knob on this, obviously you have that three-way blade switch that you'd find on a classic Telecaster. Mm-hmm. So we just used that as trying to emulate bridge, middle, and neck. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the switch does exactly what it would on the guitar. Yeah. That's the idea at least. If if you haven't explored uh the use of a of any kind of a uh treble booster, I, I Let's definitely call it a treble pronouncer. A treble pronouncer. Yeah. It should <laughs> honestly the name should have been like whoever did that. Face cut would be yeah. the top end sculptor. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um try one out. I mean, really it it I love the the dynamics that that adds to your actual sound personally. Um, give it a shot. Anyways, uh, Jared, how about you? Um, I'm going to go back to a NAM experience, and um, which was not too long ago. While I was out in California, I was with a good friend of mine uh, with Wolf McLeod with Wolf Tone Pickups. And him and I went to the Seymour. Wolf Dunn. McLeod. That's Does him. he have a helicopter? His real name is Wolf. <laughs> yeah. I get like it. I, he showed name. me his license. <laughs> and yeah. and it's his first name is legitimately Wolf. I yeah. thought that was pretty mm. cool. But anyway. Does he dance with wolves? Um, Tony, see, we had good ones that we did around that name. Oh, and then you came in and did that. <laughs> oh, what? That's going to bite know, me in the ass later. <laughs> I'll ask him though. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> okay. So we were, uh, we, we kind of hung out a few days before Nam started. So that allowed us to, to go up to Santa Barbara and, uh, check out Seymour Duncan factory. Mm-hmm. And it was everything I thought it would be plus more. It was, 
It was amazing. And they have so much stuff packed into a small, but you know, a smaller than, than what I thought it was going to be. Uh, was it like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory? Well, because I do pickups all day. It was okay. To me, it was, I was a kid in a candy shop, man. Yeah. It was amazing. The, everybody there was very polite, very friendly, uh, very nice. Um, I, I thought it was one of the better tours that I'd ever been on. Be, just they well, were. Just what so about great. it was was amazing? You're throwing some big adjectives around. I want to get dig this up a little bit here. Well, the fact that Wolf and I are pickup winders, we have our own businesses. We're not really their co- competition that they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had no issue showing us any of their um, secret sauce, if you would, sure. You know, like their their winders, how they set up, and you know they use whisker discs and and all this kind of basic general. There's no stuff. cursing on this show, man. I don't know. What'd man. you call me? I know, right? <laughs> I got to cut back. <laughs> I, yeah, but uh, it, it just their their uh, their basic um, kindness. I don't know their, hmm. the way they hosted us. Seymour Duncan was amazing because of their basic kindness. Oh, they were. Yeah, that's fine. I, I no, like they, they were very, uh, they were very good hosts. And uh, at NAM, I, I did get to meet Seymour Duncan. <laughs> I don't himself. think that's a word. But <laughs> hostess. Hostess. They make co-hosts and Twinkies. Hostess. <laughs> Have you? Oh, we're just. Hosts. Hostess. You see what the guys hijacked my hosts. what you did for the week thing and they just. <laughs> Tear it all up, man. You Tear it up. Crapping all over it. <laughs> you ding dong. Oh. Hey, there's a hostess. So joke. I got to meet uh, Seymour Duncan himself. Yeah. That to what? me. Yeah. That to me was was everything I wanted to be as well. That's he, awesome. Yeah. That, that, that is really cool. If you're a pickup winder, yeah. that's the guy you want to meet. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did he sign anything? Did you get him to sign anything? No. He, uh-huh. he asked me for my business card, though. I thought that was... That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's why they, so they can know where to send all the legal papers. <laughs> <laughs> the cease and desist. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he was actually impressed with my T-top, Bob, and I showed him. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, that made I my day. I like a nice T-top. Cussing. Yeah. <laughs> he was very impressed me? with that. <laughs> I... That made my whole trip actually. I can I do I can only imagine if that's yeah. he's yeah, he's the guy absolutely. and you met the guy. I met the guy. That's cool. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, so should have got a picture with that and posted it or something. I did. Oh, good. You well, you should repost it and share it with the rest of the world. I will. Thank you. Very proud of it. Do that. Todd, what's been going on in your week? Well, um we had a we had a, a little company send us some pics. Um, and typically, you know, I picks are one of those things that I think a lot of people experiment with. Um, and, uh, this one was, these were very unique. Uh, these are called forever picks. Um, and they're made out of wood, which at first I was skeptical. I was like, okay, I'm going to bust this up in a second. Uh, not so these are, these are pretty dang strong picks. Um, and we had a, they've got a couple different ones, uh, some made out of ebony, curly maple, mahogany, purple heart, rock maple. And what I really liked about it um, is that 
what you know wood is one of those things that doesn't that that when you're when you start to you know your hands oil or the you know a bit of sweat it's it it, it creates that that extra bit of natural like friction right yeah. like a baseball bat or something like that um and that that felt really natural it felt really cool uh, i guess you know i i would never never use a jazz pick you know the little tiny picks i had a broader one a medium pick and that held up pretty well. I used it on the, on the acoustic too. It sounded great on the acoustic, probably better on the acoustic for me than on the electric, to be honest, because I play pretty hard on the electric and, and, and it was a little, it was a little stiff for that, but these are really cool. And I just want to thank, uh, I want to thank uh, forever pick to, for sending these out. That was, yeah, that was really nice one. of them. I just checked out the Ebony stiff pick and uh, yeah, it, yeah, it worked a, Pretty well. I mean, when I played it, I didn't feel as if the pick was going to slip out of my fingers. Yeah. And it doesn't, uh, it does not feel like it's going to break on you at all. Right. I mean, that is a solid. It's, it's really light too. Yeah. Super cool. So anyways, check those out. Forever pick, um, at, um, woodtoptone.com. Anyways. So that's cool. Uh, and Hey, people out there, if you want us to try out your stuff, send it our way. We're happy to, to try it out and, and give it a shot and, you know, we'll we'll tell you about it. Anyhow, uh, it's about that time. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Alex, give it to us. Four on the floor. All right. So my four on the floor is really easy because it's just four TU twos. Uh, you listened to the to the Wampler one, didn't you? Oh, I did man. not. Did he say that? <laughs> you almost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was uh, uh, yeah he did tube screamers tube screamers yeah. <laughs> uh, four tube screamers no uh, yeah all right so uh real what do you like uh, most about the tu <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> the, the bypass mode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do it go uh, authentic uh so yeah i was actually i think i listened to three episodes i finished the brady smith one and i was thinking about how do i do just like four and I thought I would do like a reason for it or a scenario or a setup. So I've been cool. working on uh, like a folk blues record and uh, it's primarily acoustic, but also through like amplifiers and stuff using pedals. So I thought I would do my four on the floor is my ideal slash almost completed board. Wow. Okay. So I guess we'll start at the, let's start at the end and people that have names at the end of the alphabet will appreciate that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, the end of the chain would be the Strymon El Cap or El Capitan, mm -hmm. which I've had for a while now. I think it was one of the first ones I ever purchased from Strymon. Um, thing I like about it is... First off, it's got tap tempo for me, which I like on the fly. Mm -hmm. I like the sound of its wow and flutter, its tape age, all those effects that you can have, tape crinkle, whatnot, which I generally approve of because for the record I'm doing is very like dark, almost lo-fi if you would. So that suits my needs really well. I also like... 
It has kind of a feature I feel like is lesser known for that pedal. It has, I believe it's like 10 or 14 seconds where you can activate, I think it's on C mode and both toggle switches are down. And there's actually like a 10 or 14 second looper on there. So you can actually record and the loop will play back over as per usual, but the knobs are still functioning. So you could actually adjust while wow on flutter, tape crinkle, tape age, um, all the other settings on it while it's actually playing back. So it'll actually start like disintegrating, if you will, and fading out while you're still playing over it, which I found to be really cool. That's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of people don't know that, but it's a cool feature on it. And it covers all of my delay sounds I would really need. I don't play too much delay seeing as I'm primarily a rhythmic and acoustic player. Mm -hmm. uh, but for this board, gets all the everything I need done. And it's stereo. Oh, Jared nice. likes the stereo. Oh, did I touch a nerve? <laughs> nice. Yeah, Nothing better than stereo. Except not right? stereo. Wrong. <laughs> stereo was the best. I don't know. Quadraphonic might be even better. Ugh. That's like 70s. All right. <laughs> we're going to go down a rabbit hole. What else you have? All right. So, yeah, that would be the end of the chain. So going back, pedal three would be the Strymon Flint. Oh. So uh, a couple of reasons for this. First Strymon pedal I ever purchased and I use it primarily for the over-the-top reverb, if you will, because most of the amps we have in here have reverb. I also use our Daedalus reverb pedal. I like the Flint for the over-the-top, you know, forever decay, if you will, where it's prominent but not in your way, and you can still do stuff over it for textures. And it also has tremolo in it so it's kind of i don't know if i cheated there that's i guess it's two things in one but it's not two pedals <laughs> that's all right are we gonna get a pass on that yeah. do i get a pass okay so yeah and plus uh externally you can do tap tempo again and uh it does stereo in and out which is cool so i would definitely put in the number three position would be the flint for me cool. very cool uh I think this might be my only non-Strymon one for this scenario, but the number two position, I'm kind of up in the air, but I think for the rig setup that I'm doing for this breakdown would be the Earthquaker Organizer. Okay. So it's between that and the Pog it's always been. Generally, mm -hmm. the Micro Pog I find is better for riffs, whereas the Organizer is better for that... Uh, more older lady behind the organ eerie mm -hmm. sounds <laughs> so i definitely use that for its um eeriness in the uh upper and lower octave mm -hmm. i don't find the octaves in themselves to be better than the pog but i'm not going to get into the processors and talking about all that stuff but for the scenario that i need in this four on the floor mm -hmm. it's perfect for the number two spot i feel like it's a it, subtle may be the wrong word but it's not as um, it's not as uh, blatant of a sound as the Pog. I find the Pog. You know what I mean? It's just like the Pog's like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, and it's like it's like a dude with like a huge watch. It's like, no, you got to watch. Okay, thanks so, for showing us. So, uh, fill me in here for our listeners that don't know what you guys are talking about, like me. <laughs> what exactly? About watches. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what exactly does the organizer or the pog do? What's their mate? What's their their uh, organizer and pogs job? Uh, primarily takes your signal, and you're gonna produce an octave above the note and an octave below the note. Whoa. At least in those two pedals cases. Okay. Plus your original dry signal, or you can remove the dry signal on the organizer. It's called direct. Um, so you'll be able to get octave up and down on the pog, or I'm sorry, the micro pog, not the original pog or pog two. And on the organizer, you have up, down. You also have choir, which um, does an additional octave up or down from whatever your original setting for up and down is. Wow. The thing I, I that having that in the number two position for this four on the floor, I liked having like for that subtle twelve string. So if you got an electric or an acoustic, you can add a little bit of. 12-string-esque chime to it. Right. Plus, mm-hmm. plus the organizer actually has a lag feature, which adds a little bit more delay mm. for the processor, plus a tone knob in direct. So for this scenario, it adds a, a good dimension. It sounds like a great, great utility for a live situation. Yeah, especially for acoustic. Totally, yeah. It, it can definitely add just enough. I mean, you can blend it where it's you don't really notice too much, but you would notice when you take it away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the trick is not to, and that's where I was going with the with the pog. Is that if you if you turn on a pog, typically, especially if you're if you're doing it through electric, it's like, wow, okay. Right, yeah, you you notice it, and there have been a lot of songs that highlight the sound of at least the original one. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge. Uh, Jack White fan, and he, I believe, has the first recording of a pog ever. Oh, wow. On uh, Blue Orchid from Get Behind Me, Satan. I could yeah. be wrong on that, but uh, one of the very first ever. So, yeah, that's my number two slot. For, cool. Four on the floor. The last one, I guess, is uh, the only one that I don't own. So, I guess it's a, a dream pedal or a next purchase, if you will. Yeah, that's okay. It is another Strymon, so I guess I'm whoring myself out to Strymon right now. But uh, <laughs> for You're the just purpose, aligning, of, that's all. Ah, uh, yeah, right. I'm, you know what? I'm trying to get the holy trinity for me personally of pedals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so the number one position for at least this scenario for like an acoustic blues folk type thing would be the Strymon Deco, which is their saturator and double tracker. Mm-hmm which uh, is kind of like a dream pedal for me. Why is it a dream pedal for you? You know, I first played it when it came out, and I wasn't like... I uh, I should go back, but when I originally saw it, I was curious about it. I wasn't... Sh- it was one of those ones where you wonder, would I ever need something like that? Mm-hmm. And then you, all of a sudden you're like playing it, and you're like lying to yourself. You're like, I totally find a use for this. Mm-hmm. And you got to buy it. And oh, I was yeah. just thinking about it because a lot of this record that I'm going to be doing is very like preamp based where a lot of the, it's different amplifiers hitting it, different styles for blues and stuff like that, any folk stuff. And I wanted to have a cool um, preamp and I actually liked the saturation on it, which sounded pretty good. This is before they even did their dirt pedals, the, Riverside and Sunset, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I actually was surprised with the um, uh, the wobble and lag time for the double tracker. It just it filled it out. Is the only really way I can describe it. It just 
it had that double tracking sound, at least to me. Right. For, the, for what I needed. You know, I almost get that feel if um, you guys, I sent you uh, Polaris. Uh, Polaris, yep, we yep, do. Yep. If you keep like the rate and the depth pretty low on that and very subtle, it has mm-hmm. volume and tone still, you kind of get almost that, again, chorusing mm-hmm. effect or double tracking. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that this would be a really cool and cool pedal for that number one slot. Plus, I think it's just kind of like, a pedal I would like to own as well. So. Yeah, that's cool. Excellent. Thank you, man. A great description is too. Well done. Thank All right. You. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We have Alex on the line from Copper Sound because um, we struck up a conversation. He's got some really interesting pedals and came highly recommended from other pedal builders. Uh, as, uh, is that a lie? It's, that's 100% true. Um, okay. now they said that you would be a questionable guest. That, <laughs> that's, <no. laughs> that sounds absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, Was yeah. it Ryan from yellow cake. Cause I will call him right after the show. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 yeah, he has, you'll have too he much pretty fun. harsh things to say about you. Know? Have too much fun if you do that. that um, right. He knows me. Yeah. Nice dude. He, that he is a card that boy. Um, anyhow, uh, we Except have the joker you throw out before you play the game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's an excellent way to put it. I, I'm glad you put it there. <laughs> now he was great. If you haven't heard our uh, yellow cake petals episode, everybody go check it out. Um, so yes, uh, arrived on my doorstep was a big, huge box, uh, about the size of a mini fridge. And I said, Holy moly, what is this? And in it was a little temple board with uh, six pedals on it. And that was fantastic. And I appreciate you doing that because, not because I couldn't string a bunch of pedals together myself, but what no, that allowed can't. me to do, <laughs> <laughs> what that allowed me to do was um, to kind of hear your, you know, your take on what a rig might sound like uh, in its entirety and seeing how they play against each other. And that, so that was nice. Um, on the pad, on the, on the board in front of us, we have the, um, telegraph, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Telegraph. The telegraph. It's got a telegraph lever. It's got a telegraph lever. That's right. And it's a little stutter pedal. We'll get into all of these, uh, you know, what they're called and everything. Tony, why don't you walk us through what they're, cause it's turned around and you can read it all better. No, not that. <laughs> my favorite pedal. The telegram. Somebody, oh my gosh. Somebody's pushing the telegraph key. Yes. We, it's, yeah, it's going to be wore out. All right. Yeah, yeah. That, that one you might have to replace. Them. Give, us, give us the rundown here. What do we have in front of us? Uh, well, we have a reverb pedal that is also known as the Daedalus. Daedalus. I got to have that one. That one, I actually really like that one a lot. There's the Polaris that we talked briefly about. Uh, we have the Gravity Bomb, which is uh, a little, boost. little boosty pedal. The Fox Catcher. Ooh. Kind dual, of a... Overdrive, dual yeah, overdrive. Yeah, yeah, dual overdrive. And and my I, I just love the styling of this one. But then when I saw the, the Tele one, uh, the bro, or the, excuse me, the Broadcaster one, uh, this one is, uh, it's got like a, a, a 16th of a Strat pickguard a strat output jack on the on the top side and it's a really I actually enjoy playing with this one a lot. I like the the boost and and the and the tone shaping that it had too. 
Uh, and I, what that is called the strata strategy strategy. <laughs> well mm-hmm. played on the naming. Thank you. Yeah, and the, that just the, when, that uh, the Polaris is a, is an analog course in vibrato. Uh, just for those who are keeping track of everything. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna just kind of just briefly talk about you know what we have in front of us, what we what our take on it and everything was, and then um, I, I we would love to hear your story, uh, how these came about and how how your uh, career came about. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so the telegraph as, as Jared pointed out, has literally like a, like a Morse code tapper on it. So you, you, I'm sure you've seen this around It makes its way around Instagram quite a bit. Um, and it literally, if you can imagine tapping out a Morse code, that's essentially what it is. Um, what's really uh, interesting about this, this pedal is the, um, you can either have it off and when you tap it, it engages the, 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 signal. the signal or you can have it on. And if you tap it, it kills the signal. So that's kind of a, it's kind of a cool play on it. Um, Tony, you had, this is one you were really looking forward to playing with. What talk about that little boat? Oh yeah. Because uh, I don't know, it's probably two years ago, three years ago. <laughs> I think when you rolled them out at an AM show, uh, I said, oh my God, that is so cool. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it, for, for some players, it would be kind of a not on every song kind of thing, but it's a, just a really cool concept and it just looks cool too. Yeah. I, I just like that. My only, I, I did have a question about that now that it's been out for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. how has the lifespan been on the, uh, on that, on that mechanism on the switch? Uh, yeah. So to go back, just to clarify, yeah, it was summer of 16 that we kind of like first, okay. like that was the first big show. So you're correct on uh, when it was really put out there. It was around, uh, I think the original prototype was somewhere in 2015. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so the longevity, we to date have not got one back in. Oh, cool. For problems. The only ones we've ever got in are when a customer has wanted to add the polarity toggle switch that we... Um, kind of rolled out after the creation uh, of it about a year after or so okay i can't remember exactly around what serial number we did that but it was it was a little bit after we had a few people saying like hey i saw this and can i get that and i said yeah send it in and we'll do it for about the price of what it would cost to buy it if you already had it on there and we ship them back and people are happy which is cool and we haven't had any repairs so far at least to my knowledge, unless somebody's had a repair done somewhere else. I mean, else, these things are crazy solid bill. I mean, this is like super high grade industrial stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, I think that this would sound, it, it feels like it would make a lot of sense in sort of like a, a noise or, um, I mean, gosh, even sort of like a emo noise kind of a, you know, cure my bloody Valentine, like lots of swimmy stuff where, where, you know, you could cause a, a, a great effect in a song by interrupting that swim, you know, and, yeah. uh, and it could be really interesting. Yeah, it gets, it, it definitely, uh, it's one of those things that's weird. The job is to kill the sound yet by doing that, you often grab attention. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's, because it's very dramatic. Like you said, the guitars is like, if you're a lead guitarist in a band, you don't have to be attached to the microphone. If you're, you know, ba- walking back towards your amp, you got it on top of your amp facing your amp. You're going to get some feedback. And then right there, it's at your disposal to cut with your hand. If you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Buckethead basically has that built in on his guitar as do a few others who have kill switches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he uses it extensively. Um, yeah. Totally. He should just tape one of those onto his guitar. How about that? Send <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. okay. So, so then next up we, like we went through the, the list. We've got, we've got the Daedalus. What was the inspiration behind the, the name of that pedal? Uh, Daedalus was, uh, yeah, that was our first pedal, like actual, like production line pedal. The name, I think I had the name before I really even started doing pedals. Like I had designs for pedals and I am a huge thrice fan. And the name actually derives from a song from 2008. I want to say off the air, uh, index of the alchemy, which is the name is it's a song about the Greek, uh, mythology story of Daedalus and Icarus. So the name came from that. I, Daedalus is Icarus's dad, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he's also the one that created <laughs> and designed the labyrinth that the Minotaur was in the yeah. middle of, but without going too far into the type of story, <laughs> uh, going on to Crete Island and stuff. Um, I think I wanted a name that I liked, had kind of a cool, cool name to it. And it kind of, uh, with reverb, I always think airy, mm-hmm. either watery or airy. And I thought using that name would be kind of cool to have for like an air sound with reverb. I don't know. And mm-hmm. we just kind of used it with um, Greek symbol, a little bit of wings and everything. And it was up and running. It went through a lot of revisions artwork wise. And mm-hmm. it originally started off as just like a one knob reverb. Really? Pedal. You wait. Okay. So just my reality for those who haven't seen this and are driving along to work and just said like, why did he freak out on that? There are one, two, three, four knobs and two foot switches and two LEDs and expression out. There's five <laughs> knobs actually. One, two, three, four. Is there five? No, it's just basic counting. Four. Yeah, five. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> just basic counting. <laughs> oh, well done. Yes, there are five five knobs. Oh, well, wow. the black knob was throwing them off. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. It's hard to see black on blue. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's still, a, it's still a knob, Dagon. It is. It is still knob, Dagon. It. No, Dagon. Go on. As you were. <laughs> um, so that all sprang out of a single knob pedal. Yeah, I think uh, the original time we, uh, the first time I ever breadboarded, I we wanted to do a reverb pedal, and I had a one knob reverb with a Accutronics Belton two brick, I believe at the time. I think the three was kind of up and coming. Mm. I had just a one knob reverb, and I remember Jordan, who's uh, the design guy. It was a couple of us in the shop. I think it was just the three main guys in the shop, and Jordan looks over to me, has like that whiplash thing he head turns over to me 90 degrees goes Mm -hmm. how'd you do that Mm -hmm. you know like because we were very young at the moment and we really only had you know custom like switcher boxes and uh the telegraph was out but we were doing this and had one knob and started with the reverb and then it evolved into having a depth knob using the belton three and then from there I think we talked about, wouldn't it be cool if we had Octave in the pedal doing shimmer stuff? Because that was pretty big mm-hmm. in 2016. 
I feel like most of 2016 was all about dual reverb and delay pedals and stuff. Yep. You know, you saw a lot of stuff from Alexander and uh, Matthew's effects. Yeah. A good episode. Yep. And not to take anything away from the fact that they did a lot of those that year. I, at the time we had no experience with uh, octave or implementing any pitch shifting stuff. So I had the organizer, which I mentioned it for on the floor. And I said, let's build an effects loop. And hear what it would sound like if we were to ever do Octave in it. So I built a JFET blend effects loop so that you could uh, do a TRS, like Y cable, out of the top. So you would send uh, your signal out the uh, effects loop, and it would go to whatever pedal you put in there. And then that would come back in through the ring. And then only the decay of the reverb would be affected by whatever pedal was in the uh expression loop wild and that's and that's where and then and i mean there are pedals out there that implement that type of feature where you can put something in the effects loop but Mm -hmm. i wanted to do like a blend on it so that you could actually choose how much of it if the aforementioned pedal was not uh didn't have a uh like blend or wet dry mix you could actually you know roll back with the blend so that's that's how the blend happened. Then from there, we just added a preamp knob, which squeezes more juice out of the uh, tank, if you will. It kind of expands it. If you guys got a minute to play with that, you see it kind of expands the overall sound of it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what's uh, what's interesting on this one is that there is a, a, a Reverb 2 knob. That's the black knob. And this is just a little tiny, subtle thing, but I appreciated it. You have the uh, uh, essentially the, the plastic washer that is right under the foot switch is the same color as the designated knob that goes with it. I thought that was a nice little touch. You know, you'd be surprised how many people do not notice that. Uh, I well, appreciate that. Yeah, I mean that that helps me understand what that what does this thing do? <laughs> helps you connect the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. And then let's see. We we also had the Polaris, uh, which is the analog chorus and vibrato. Tony, you, you messed around with this one. Yeah, yeah. I um, it 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 does, it, at least in my opinion, get a little out of control pretty easily. <laughs> I mean, it's I I had you know when you brought it over, you yeah. had things tuned turned up pretty high. I had to back a lot of stuff off. I did to get it to a. But to be fair, when I gave it to him, I had uh I had turned all the pedals on. And we're playing them. And the funny thing is, I, I said, Tony, as soon as you plug this in, play. And I named this particular song. And he just looked at me like, you're a moron. <laughs> but when I <laughs> turned all these though. on at the same time, you know, I went through I, each each sort of stacking of sound ma- took me to a new, um, you know, I, I was doing a fly by night from Rush, like came through here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I ended with a uh, good feeling from Devo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. That's just where I went. I was like, wow, this sounds like, it sounds like so I had my daughter. I'm like saying, I got a good feeling. And she just kept saying that over and over. And I just kept playing the riff. And I was like, hey, this sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the Polaris. Yes, get on it. Antoine. Yes, I am on it. Yes. Uh, but you know the other thing that I liked about and, and this goes for the reverb as well as uh, as the fox catcher having that second switch on there mm-hmm. that gives you you know either a little more depth or in this case the guy what's it called focus yeah um, 
it uh, you know it 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 it's straightforward in terms of 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 understanding it because I mean we can see some of these pedals that have like ten mini switches and you know they they can run the whole gamut of things but this one to me at least uh, was was pretty straightforward in terms of being able to just plug into it and play it and use it mm-hmm. yeah that's what people want they don't want to have to read a manual for three hours before they play right. the pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, what's interesting, what I thought was interesting on this particular pedal, you had uh, the mode switch, which was cool because you did like a corner, kind of like a uh, a quarter moon and like a uh, almost like a full moon, three three quarter moon. Dark side of the moon. Yeah, it was like, oh, that's an interesting way to, to do that. Um, obviously, Polaris uh, to the star, I get that. The, you also have the, the focus knob on it and that's the the black knob talk talk about the focus real quick so focus uh focus is essentially depth if you will um we when we did fox catcher we you we had a voice knob called nature because i thought it would be i don't know fun or playful to use Mm -hmm. a second tone sculpting thing as nature seeing as it you know foxes it's got a knife on it and all that stuff so we were like let's be a little playful with it and we decided to do the depth is focus because if it's completely off you're actually not getting any rate or any lfo Mm -hmm. so we thought that was kind of like if you're tuning that knob you would be focusing in the amount of wobble if you will Mm -hmm. plus it's got the little uh observatory uh thing on it so it's kind of right well, I guess it went hand in hand. And then, and then if you, uh, again, with this second switch, as soon as you engage the second focus, that's when things start to really get crazy. Typically, yeah, because, I mean, the average player, I think you're going to use the primarily as your more uh, reserved or conservative type of thing where you could have course on the whole time or something more mild, whereas we wanted to have the second one essentially could be your you know, you're at three o'clock or you're at like 80 or 90% of the way up there. And like you said, yeah, you're going to get close into vibrato mode still in the chorus mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could still do uh depth. One is your insane sound. And then depth two is your more laid back. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's up to the user. I think typically people think in the manner of my basic is going to be more your mild or medium. And then my extreme is going to be the second the focus too. Yeah. Exactly, which the same with reverb two on Daedalus. Yeah, no, it's really a ton of of um, range on this pedal. A lot of lot yeah, of range. Yeah. Really fun to play with. Uh, then we had, uh, if we're going in reverse order, um, going actually we're doing just like you did. We started at the end and we're going <laughs> to the beginning. Yes, uh, there's a ne- theme here. Yeah. So then, uh, pedal number four, going towards the beginning, was uh, our little booster. Booster Roni, uh, and that was the uh, the gravity bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. A lot of great sound out of it. Yeah, this one really reminded me of. Um, I, I I picked up an EP booster, and it it reminded me of that quite a bit too. Is EP that, booster is great. Yeah, yeah. It didn't just boost the signal. It did add it, it added adds, a little bit of yeah. color to it. Just a touch. Air. A touch too much. Sorry. Um, but super simple, one knob, turn it on, you get more sound, uh, better sound. It's a better sound pedal. More you in the amp. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Um, and I did really like the, uh, uh, the way that you, the graphic on it is that the, the tail, 
of a of an old bomber plane. Um, mm-hmm. And the LED is actually strategically placed on the tail. I appreciated that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, right. I'm a f- so you're appreciating the aesthetics. And we I appreciate you for that. Yeah. No. Well, I, I'm I'm in the I'm in the industry uh, in my real life that I have to pay mm-hmm. a lot of attention to that. So it matters a lot to me. To Jared, it doesn't matter at all. Um, Shame on you, Jared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, I I. To me, pedals are, it's very much like, you know, if you go uh, to, um, you know, a beer cellar or a wine, you know, uh, the, 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 the uh, row. And what am I trying to say? The wine lane, the. <laughs> you see, he does everything the, with his eyes. At the he store. plays the pedals with his eyes. He drinks with his eyes. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it, you're like, hmm, I'm going to get a bottle of Shiraz. Right. And there's like 20 <laughs> bottles. And you're like, you don't know what any of those t- taste like. Mm-hmm. You, right. you have to go based on where they're from and how much they cost, how much they cost. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, a little bit, but, but look, you're going to pay attention. And same thing with, with, yeah. you know, beers and anything else that, that uh, there's a massive variety of you have a hot sauce. Same thing It's like, what is the label doing? You know? And to mm-hmm. me that, that, that's, that's a huge part of this, Honestly, of, the, of the whole yeah. boutique pedal world, an yeah. enormous part of it. And I just want to say to you, I, it, t- what Todd said was there was truth to that, but I am impressed with the way these look. Yeah. There's actually, uh, we found out recently, so I guess we didn't plan on it, but there's like almost an Easter egg, if you will, on that pedal. So you see that it's got like the tail and it's got the LED right on the tail. Yep. If you look at the pedal upside down, it looks like a cyborg horse. Oh, yeah. I can oh, that is interesting. That's true. Yeah, that that came to our attention a little while ago. We had it upside down. We were like, "This looks like uh, one of our builders here, Oliver." He was like, "This looks like a horse." Well, yeah, what you, what you could do is just change the name of it and have the same pedal, and you call it the Cyborg Horse. There you go. There you go. Yeah, there you Me go. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only charge ten bucks more for it. Yeah. <laughs> what the hey? Um, well, next up we have the Fox Catcher. This was this this pedal has you really do have to sit in and work with this pedal oh, for yeah. a while, and yeah. I don't mean that in a in a bothersome derogatory way. It's just not a it's not a super straightforward pedal. It has a a huge amount of dynamic to it, and and I think the balance between the you know what you have on and what you have off and how you bring that in. If if you don't, you you might be unhappy with yourself, mm-hmm. and and I mean that just in the sense of like if you get a pedal like this, take the time and dial it in, get it right, and if you do, you're gonna be happy. You want to tell us a little bit about that fox catcher? There is there like you said, there is a good amount of sculpting you can do from just four knobs for the dirt and well, there's five knob knobs. The, I mean, it's simple counting. Yeah, there is. <laughs> And three you know, switches. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, I think I had a, like a comma or a semicolon, but you can't hear a semicolon. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> so yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. so f- there are four knobs for the dirt, and then there's the fifth knob uh, for the boost side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can obviously with the order toggle, you can switch what's first and what's last. Pretty standard in um, 
the two-in-one OD boost realm, which we originally didn't have implemented, but we, when we were designing it, we tried to get a lot of feedback from local dealers, friends, family, people that were touring around, uh, small bands, big bands, what have you. And that was one of the first things that a lot of people said is that they, I don't know if it's they felt that they would need it or if it's the idea of people tend to do it almost all the time. It becomes standard practice. So we ended up implementing it. And then as most people know that, or I guess for the listeners that don't, when you have, you know, boost going into something, you tend to um, get more distortion out of it. The, the front end of it gets hit just like on an amplifier. When, when you're going back and forth between those two, I think that's the thing that I did the most was toggling back and forth between the Fox tail and, and the bomb. Um, that was, that was just kind of fun to see like, where, where do I like things here? It isn't overdrive. It is not, this doesn't, it's not a distortion pedal. No, it's not a fuzz or a distortion or anything. No, it is not. It, we wanted to go straight like overdrive. It's taken, it derived originally from uh, a blues breaker circuit, which I've always loved. I've had a morning glory in the shop for a long time. Um, and we kind of went after the blues breaker sound, uh, which everybody as a collective whole, we liked that sound and we kind of wanted to go after that and improve, improve upon it if we could. And I think that we did a pretty good job on that. And, uh, yeah, definitely it stops. It does not get into distortion realm, but it's designed to be like a light to medium overdrive. You know, we wanted to make one. We didn't want to, we're, we're not trying to. We already kind of have it planned out for like the next three to five years of releases. We don't really have plans on doing several overdrive pedals, you know, different versions of it, or this one's medium and here's a different medium. Here's another light one. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take care of like the fuzz realm, the distortion realm and the overdrive and kind of for the most part, call it because there, I think there's more interesting stuff that we can come up with that the market doesn't really have on there. You know, it does it need another three knob green tube screamer variant with a toggle you know yeah i personally don't think so if that's your bag then that's cool how There's about a, a five knob tube screamer there you go yeah <laughs> hey uh alex there is oh, that was a, if that was a pause right there that was the clap pause right that was the clap pause there's <laughs> some jingling keychains oh, or crap. bottle Hold caps it. or something Maybe it's, i i was almost i was scorning gavin i thought he was making the noise is it this Yes. Yep, that's me playing with a temple part. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I'll stop that, but I'm still going <laughs> to score him as if it was him. Do it. So uh, that leads us to the Strebel of Stradler. Stradler. That's my strategy. My personal favorite. The strategy. So, the so when, d- describe describe <laughs> what's in front of you, Antoine. Well, I mean, well, first of all, when when Todd brought this into my shop, it's this, beautiful. It, it's just like. I mean, that's that immediately caught my eye. Mm-hmm. One, because I make pick guards, of course. But uh, I just said, oh, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, it's it looks like the a, a, a piece a, of Stratocaster. An eighth, an eighth of a Stratocaster. Yeah. That's all anybody really needs. It's, it's just. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, it's got it's got, you know, a Strat output jack mm-hmm. uh, for your input. And then it's got a portion of a pick guard and two strat knobs. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. And then when I plugged in and played it, I said, I think that's my favorite one out mm. of the bunch. It's yeah. a really nice, I don't know, it's it's just, uh, I mean, I'm, 
Is it a boost? It's it's a preamp, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, it's designed to be like a preamp or a boost. Yeah, but it, it's it's more net because it's EQ'd. Yeah, I mean that's what I liked about it. It's one. It's you can get some volume out of it, but the the tone shape you you know, it is really. Of volume nice. I mean, there's there's Stratocaster knobs and you know Stratocaster volume, Stratocaster tone, and that's what they are. Yeah, there there is a lot of volume on tap on that. I on that like this shocking. I mean, uh, <laughs> that that brought it up. I mean, that was I had my amp in my house. It was a little bit late at night, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I had it. I had my amp on one, and as I kept cranking and cranking and cranking, I'm like, I'm at least up to three, four, maybe five on my actual amp, <laughs> sound wise. So, and and I and I didn't dime it because that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. So it was really cool, and and the, and it was clean as a whistle. I mean, absolute clarity, but it just. We were talking about um, the pedal that that kind of brings your your signal to life a little bit. It was your um, the, um, I'm trying to remember. It's the Strymon one. Your dream pedal, Deco. Deco. There, as you were describing the Deco, I was like, that actually sounds a little bit like your strategy. To be honest, yeah. man, I will take that compliment. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with that pedal and. The funny thing is, and this will show you how much I love Stratocasters. <laughs> it's a when, shame. I got, when I got the board, um, I I was looking. I was like, okay, the cord. Where's the, where's his little, where's his power? Okay, it's under here. Plug that in, and then I go. Okay, I see the out. That's off. That's off the uh, telegraph, and um, and then I was like, where the heck do I put? Where's it? Wait a minute. Where's the input? And I, I'm not even kidding. I crawled around in this pedal. I'm not even joking. Five, may, it was probably more than five minutes. I'm not even exaggerating. It's and I was actually that. getting frustrated. I, I was, I looked in the box for like, is this some kind of like special thing that, and then I looked at it and the more I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. It's the input cup. Man. Yeah. It's, it's a strat input cup. View. Cause yeah. I don't like strats. So and that's too bad. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So, haha, jokes on Todd. I <laughs> couldn't figure out how to plug it in. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> did you like that pedal, Todd? I really did. Yeah. yeah, it sounded fantastic. I mean, it. Uh, I like pedals that. I, I don't mean I only like pedals that blank, but I really like a pedal that makes that, that pronounces the character of your guitar and your amp together. Yeah. So there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say somebody want you know they don't necessarily want a perloid pick guard on their uh, their strategy box. Uh, do you well, offer? That person would be wrong. <laughs> I agree. I love the perloid. <laughs> let's just say they wanted a tortoise one. What, what would would you offer tortoise. such a thing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So with the strategy, there are four. Uh, parameters that the customer or the dealer ordering it is able to customize. The first is the finish. The second is the pick guard option, which we offer three ply white, three ply parchment, three ply uh, like a vintage cream, a three ply black, a tortoise which I believe is three ply as well. And then the pearly that you have on that one, which I believe is only actually two ply, mm -hmm. but all of those are available for the pick guard option. And then we have knobs, you know, mm -hmm. white mint vintage cream, black and parchment for the knob options. And then the customer is also able to choose between uh, 
chrome gold and black hardware. Oh, Very cool. cool. Yeah. And uh, they're also able to choose if they want it relic or not. So he can make it kind of look like his own guitar, his own Strat. Yeah, we've had a we've had a couple people uh, actually send pictures of their Strat or like uh, a son's Strat or something like that, and we've we've matched them before. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So and it's the build on it is, I mean, that is a really nice build. Wow, it looks like a Cadillac sitting there. No, yeah, the the input jack is placed, you know, in in correlation with the the pickguard. Where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, yeah, mm. as if it yeah, were. It's it's definitely a labor of love. That one takes the longest time to build of anything we have. Well, uh, yeah, and everything's not necessarily in a conventional place either from a build standpoint. So that I think mm-hmm. that's something that w- when I saw that one, I was like, wow, okay, that took some thinking to figure out how to get all these parts to play nice together inside. Um, totally, yeah. So. Well done. All right. So that's their line. Uh, there are, you've got another pedal coming and uh, that one, is the Broadway. Um, I'm, Broadway, I'm, yes. I'm really excited about that pedal. Uh, when you do announce that and you get it going, yeah, maybe we could uh, be nice to see what that sounds like. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, well, I'll have to have an arrow pointing to where the input jack is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a telly guy. I'll get that one. <laughs> Just put a sticky note on it. Plug in here. Yeah. Um, I mean, plug it, it in, plug it's it worth in. mentioning. He's got um, a handful of other pedals. Uh, we've got, uh, one, you've got, a, you've got a signal router. You got a um, mm-hmm. uh, pedal board flashlight. That's really interesting. Utilities. Yeah. And uh, mustard gas, which is a lo-fi fuzz. So what does that mean? That's actually, so mustard gas actually discontinued uh, at the moment, but yeah, it's a lo-fi and a fuzz, so it's got, it, it or I should say had, uh, one lo-fi mode and then two fuzz modes Ooh. on it. And that was that was one of the first pedals I think I ever did before. Why is that, that actually, discontinued? That sounds awesome. Um, Maybe you'll see it again soon. Okay. All right. Mustard gas is, that's kind of a, that's a rough, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, I think of like World the War II. <laughs> Maybe it's chlorine that. gas next time. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually World War One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm the only veteran here, probably too. Yeah. Well, All right. Whoops. Yeah. Thanks for your service. Yeah. All right. Yeah. MPs, right? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Let's uh, figure out how all this stuff came to be. How did you get into pedal building? <sighs> Uh, I think I got in the same way as most of the other guys where it's kind of uh, casual and then starting to become like fixation on something mm-hmm. where I never was much of a pedal guy because I come from a folk background and then starting to play them, collect them. And I think it's a lot of a lot of folks have that almost like tinker or engineering or reverse engineering gene in them where they want to know mm-hmm. how something, you know, what like what makes it it and that kind of started and then i also come from an artistic background but more in the fine arts realm Mm -hmm. not an engineering background or um uh electronics background so just pretty much uh straight um like fine art and design which is why i generally slave over the externals of stuff Mm -hmm. as well as the inside Mm -hmm. and um it just kind of started that uh i was making stuff for myself and friends i think at the time i was working actually at guitar center as a guitar tech 
So I had a lot of friends that uh, I worked with and around that, um, you know, one of those things they see something, they're like, Hey, can you build me this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, let me get back to you and see if I can. And you start building stuff, whether it's off like a Vero board or, um, off like clone type stuff where you can build your own stuff, um, out of, off kits, which Mm -hmm. are, you know, great learning experiences Mm -hmm. for anybody getting into it. A lot Mm -hmm. of sources out there. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I do. That's what I use. Yeah. And yeah, there's, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, that type of stuff kind of sparks like what else could you do? So I was, you know, building that type of stuff for friends, musicians in the area, family, stuff like that. So it keep, every time I got one almost done, I had two or three more that people wanted. So it just kind of started snowballing that way. Like it normally does, which was a good, normal, healthy progression. I think at the time it was expanding in a good way and i was starting to get busier collecting more stuff and then eventually you know wanted to build a couple of my own which is where i built uh the original version of uh gravity bomb was a larger boost called smoke monster and uh i had the mustard gas as well that you saw on the site that's been discontinued mm-hmm. and um you know no graphics no art and stuff like that i was barely starting to get a logo And at that point, um, the design guy that works with us, Jordan, he was at Guitar Center with me, and he helped me start a website, build all that type of stuff, getting really involved with it. To thank him, I actually made a strategy, the first one ever for him. Uh, I matched his guitar, surprised him with it, and he was like, you know, uh, enamored with it, and eventually it came out as, you know, as you guys have seen. Yeah. So it kind of went from there, you know. and then from there, we decided it was like, you know, time to do branding and stuff like that. You know, never thought that we would be doing that type of stuff. You know, uh, everything got bigger. The shop got bigger. The parts stuff got bigger. There's more people. We're up to about six people, including um, an intern of ours. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Daedalus is the first thing. And then. Well, you're down the, to five now, right? Because you. <laughs> yeah, we just hired that guy because, <laughs> uh, because I moved keys near the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's back there actually right now building uh, some pedals. So I'll let him finish out the night. But then. That's. Man, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's smart business. Yeah. Here's your I'll check. Let, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you finish the stuff and then I'll let the air out of your tires and you can get the hell out. <laughs> So, you know, we just start, um, you know, we did Daedalus, we did Gravity Bomb. We were working on uh, Labyrinth, that signal router. We had the Telegraph, and it just kind of started going from there. Started doing, we decided to do trade shows. We did the Summer NAM event, brought on um, a couple other friends, started helping. The person helping I've actually known about a decade now, who is actually also a veteran. So I guess there's two veterans-ish in this podcast. Mm-hmm. By but he's familiar with with all the world wars. Uh, yes, he is familiar that mustard gas was World War One. What about the ketchup gas? <laughs> Has there ever been a better time in our society than to make fun of veterans than now? Oh I boy, know, man. oh boy. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, no disrespect. Um, so yeah, it's kind of got to where it is over. Um, I think this month is our four-year anniversary, at least for me. Um, maybe about three years for the other guys. Uh, slowly, like three, two years, one year, whatever. And um, you know, it's kind of where it is right now. That's you know, just that's fantastic. trying to do it. 
I trying to knock a wonder if you would. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a competitive a world you're in, man. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. You know, um, fortunately you're not, you know, the difference between making pedals and making cereal and shampoo is like people want to buy this stuff. They don't have to, you know, and that makes it for, I, I think a much more, the, com, the, com, the competition is good, but it's healthy and it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's nice. Um, to- totally. I've always said that like up right now, like is very much like the golden era for a lot of stuff for boutique amps, oh, pedals, yeah. pickups, guitar plectrums all that type of stuff and everything there's never been a better time to get into it right now and with the internet it's easier than it's ever been but also with the amount of stuff out there and the amount of awesome creative stuff that all these builders are doing you kind of like it forces your hand right away or you have to hit the ground running whatever Mm -hmm. idiom you want to use for it it's almost like if you come out with another you know, three knob dirt pedal. Is anybody going to notice with nothing on it? You know, you, you I feel like you have to. It's upping everybody's game. You have to come out stronger. Yeah, yeah to- totally. And and it's kind of, it, it might weed out a lot of stuff. Like if you're a casual builder, you're going to forever be a casual builder. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Um, if you want to try to break into the industry, you know, I still feel like we're kind of trying to do that or like we're at least have like a foot that people might know us. Mm-hmm. Um there are a lot of brands out there, but we try to, we do have some, at least we do have some stuff. I feel like I can say confidently that is flashy, if you will, or noticeable. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, try, to, try to, to stand two out. of the pedals on the board here are like instantly recognizable. You don't, it's, you know, we've seen them they've been around and they're constantly shared. So, you know, having two of those is, that's, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, it's it's ex- yeah. it's very yeah. necessary to have a few products that nobody else has at all mm-hmm. or that are not doing that really stand out. And um, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have a, a few of those myself. Because exactly. it's, the it's sourcing is... <laughs> well, the, the sourcing is... It is what? a good plug, but it's very what? true at the same time. <laughs> that was the, that was subtle yet sneaky. present. The, the, source, yes. the sourcing thing, when I started out, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, it was very difficult to find different parts and whatnot. Now it's on Abundant. Facebook. There's a, a group that just says, hey, everybody post all the sourcing here. And it just it kind of made me like, oh, come on, man. I It took me years to find these guys. And now they're all in <laughs> just one big lump. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. kind of interesting that you say that because if you think about a lot of, um, if you're talking about sourcing and manufacturers and all that type of stuff, distributors, what have you, a lot of the guys in the industry, there's, you know, a handful to a dozen places where a lot of them, a lot of us all get the same parts or yeah. mm-hmm. we, we collectively share a lot of the same suppliers and manufacturers and stuff like that. Yet you see all these different things, which oh, yeah. is great. Sure. It's so, just like, a, it's like a chef, you know, a, it's like, a, Hey, yeah, a recipe. the same carrots from the same right. garden. It's what do you do a, with it's them? It's all about how you prepare them. It's presentation, you know, That's I, right. you know, and everybody's, you know, everybody has those ideas and they want to do something too, you know, mm-hmm. but, and we have all these resources now, which is good, you know, and it's never been a better time. Cause one of our mottos is, I forget the guy who said it, uh, ideas are shit executions, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like I that. Like that. <laughs> I, yeah. I have to, I can't remember the guy's name. I'd it definitely something I would put up in the shop. You yeah. Know, Cause everybody's got that, but it's a great time if you want to get into it, but you know, you got to have the, the drive and the workout yeah. to, sure. to support it as well. For sure. For sure. 
Um, you, uh, you know, all, these are all for, I said, predominantly electric use. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your, uh, what is your electric gear look like these days? Uh, my personal, I've actually, uh, my main is a 2007 Telecaster. Um, and my main amplifier. Wait, t- wait, hold on. You don't just say that. What, <laughs> what, what it, tell us about the guitar, man. <laughs> uh, 2007 three-tone sunburst. I, oh. the modifications on it would be a uh, perloid pickguard because, nice. you know, if you're going to make a Mexican standard a little classier, that's the way to do it. Olé. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the only other uh, modifications to that from the original are orange drops and cloth wiring. Nice. Cool. And, oh, and actually, actually, I have a brass nut on it. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's the only thing. Um, that kind of tames uh, the, uh, the treble on that a little bit, yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, my guitar, I actually don't run it very bright. I'm a brid, I'm a middle selector, primarily only guy with... Uh, oh, interesting. I'm not like, uh, throw it on the bridge and put the treble all the way up. I also right. generally keep the treble about uh, 60%. I'm pretty much always on middle, and I play 11s. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, you can always yeah, use I a treble too. booster, too. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, the the highs refiner, or whatever we <laughs> yes. call it. <laughs> the, the treble pronouncer. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, is, and let's see, you were getting into your amp before I so, so rudely interrupted you. I, I'm so sorry. Tell us yeah. about your amp. How dare you want descriptions on an audio only <laughs> right. event? Uh, actually, I, you know, I searched for an amp for a while when I was playing in a band, and I always wanted a Fender amp and thought that some type of Fender thing was for me. I went to a store in New York with a, a good buddy of mine, and I ended up walking out being a Vox AC30 guy. Mm. Nice. That's uh, a Tony. Which, play, that's what Tony played your board through. That was a yeah. And, that's a fifteen. No, fifteen. It's hand wired fifteen. But hey, the hand wires are cool with the like the the fawn type yep. color, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, yep, those are cool. But the hand wire ones actually don't have reverb or trim on them, I believe. They do not. Mm-hmm. They do not. Yeah, which which is which is fine. I actually like the trim and the reverb. I generally, you know what? I don't like spring reverb anymore, and I'll just come out and say it. Um, I do, however, like the reverb as I backpedal. You can hear the chain squeaking. I do like the <laughs> reverb in the AC30, um, which is weird because I almost it almost sounds more plate to me at least. Um, but yeah, something about just the the body or, or like the overall sonic body and the sound of the AC30 struck me. You know, I do like that it has its own sound when it's pushed. You know, whether you're mm-hmm. going all the way to yeah. Brian May or you're you're doing um, Tepe from Thrice type stuff, more moderate. Um, has its own sound. It, the normal channel didn't need EQ. It was more like, it reminded me of the Telecaster. You know, it's got a couple p- magnets, a piece of wood, and an output. You know, you can't really hide behind the Telecaster too mm-hmm. much. Right. And the normal input on an AC30 kind of, um, it yeah. made me think that way. Yeah. The what, what, what speakers are you running in that, in your 30? The one, my, everything is stock on mine. I have, um, when they went to Greenbacks, mm-hmm. I know that there was a series, it, um, I'm try, I think mine is, um, 
classic because I know they did a custom classic at one point where I believe Vox was having speakers made for them mm-hmm. with um, between the 15s and the AC 30s. And mine was around, I want to say 2000 and like uh, nine, 2010 okay. around that era. Um, and you know, I just liked the sound of the reverb. Like I said, it wasn't overly spring. It had more of a plate to me sound, at least to my ears, mm-hmm. you know, I, we actually kind of think that Daedalus has more of a plate sound than anything. Um, yeah, it's definitely not a... I didn't hear spring. Or, no, or, you, no, not at all. No, it's, you, you and, don't hear spring. And Tony actually, like, right on the money, he said, like, this sounds... Before, before we started the show, he's like, this sounds like an amp. This sounds like a reverb in an amp. Which we're trying to go for, you know, obviously, like, more of, like, not over the top, not too subtle, more meat and potatoes. You could leave it on. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So with the AC30, I liked the trem sound. I liked its reverb. I like actually when I was in when I played in a band, I used to do the whole um, the top boost channel and the normal channel together with an ABY. So you'd have one side distorted, one side clean. Mm, that's mm-hmm. cool. Right Which, on. You know, you could always do the the old uh, jumper thing, like on uh, JTM forty fives and blues breakers and stuff like that, with mm-hmm. um, a little channel jumping and stuff like that. So yeah, that's the one that stuck out to, that stood out to me, and it was under a thousand bucks. So when. I, yeah, totally. That's cool. Well, dude, thank you so much for sharing all of your products and wares and story. It's a great one. And I think to sum it up, it just, you know, every time you hear one of these builders share their story about how they started, not one has ever said, I started out to make a super successful company. Just, it hasn't happened. And uh, it doesn't mean that their, you know, hearts and dreams weren't in it, but all these great things have started from really humble beginnings. And um, if you have the hankering to, to express yourself or to tinker, get out there and do it. And you never know what's going to happen. Maybe the worst thing that happens is you make yourself a couple cool things, whether it's pedals or guitars or whatever. So get out there and do it. Oh yeah. Um, Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Jared. Well, I think it's time for, would you rather? All right. Okay, this week's Would You Rather. <laughs> the short one. That's right. This <laughs> we, <laughs> You got a 15-watt head. You got a 212 cab. And it's time to, to recover this thing, right? Why would you recover it? Well, because that's what you're going to do in this week's Would You Rather. <laughs> so, <laughs> would you rather... Have gray pinstripe flannel. Like a, like a nice suit, like a Cary Grant. Yeah, exactly. Or, get this, would you rather have a blue-green tartan plaid? Yeah, like it, like grandma's throw blanket. That's or, right. Or or the burly fella down the road wearing logging, the kilt. Logging, logging things. Right, yeah. <laughs> Playing the bagpipes. Logging things. <laughs> what else are you doing? And, uh, you know, they throw the logs. Oh. No, they balance on the logs. Well, anyways, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you have to choose one of those. That those are the only two covers in stock. That's the only two material in stock. Wow. You, you have to use one or the other, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. You're saying those are the only two choices. That's it. In All the right. whole universe. Would you rather, Tony? I'm going with the tartan plaid because I'm. I just you know I love the sound of a nice bagpipe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, what do we got with you, 
Jared. Well, I'm going to go with the gray pinstripe flannel type thing or whatever it is. Yeah, like a suit. Like a like nice a, suit. Like a suit. Like yeah. a nice three piece Like a suit suit. suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going for right there. Okay. Classy. Right. Alex? I am going to second the gray pinstripe. That would look classy. Yeah. Classy. Yeah. It's an it's a gray's a good neutral color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um Todd. This is tough thinking? because I actually I really like the idea of both of them. Like for faux reels. But if I'm gonna take the time to do this, I'm gonna go with the tartan. Yeah. It does look because I do I love plaid and I do a lot of punk stuff too. Yeah. So that, it, that that fits. I could I could rock that on stage for sure. All right. Excellent. Hey, everybody. Uh, I would just like to remind you that at Reverb.com, uh, you will find a music marketplace just for musicians all over the world. So you can buy, sell, make offers, and negotiate with complete protection. Uh, yep. Whether you're selling from home or if your music gear is your day job, like our friend from Copper Sound. There are millions of listings all online already, and it's free to list yours too. Join the Musicians Marketplace at Reverb.com. And speaking of places to go, Alex, where can people find your things online? They can find us at coppersoundpedals.com, and they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I believe, is our primary day-to-day cool source excellent and you do have the new pedal coming out so people need to be on the lookout for that it's going to look really cool like a little chunk of telecaster absolutely uh tony how about you about me where the where can if, they find if they you? wanted it to find if they me, wanted to yeah. find your stuff <laughs> if they wanted to do a cool well, pick at weber and a high. really cool pick guard at weber and high is where they would find me yeah all right but uh like if, if if you only had access to the internet yeah if you only were able to go to one place on the internet where would only it be? one place on the internet <laughs> i would go with the tartan plaid yes oh no excellent. i mean uh dot excellent or pick- there's the social medias yeah uh you know we got the uh you got your instagram you got your all Facebook. the social media is and yeah, you, they just have to look for pick guardian already. yeah pick guardian or pick guardian and the number one yeah but for real throw something really cool on your guitar take the time think about it you're gonna want to do it give tony a call jared if you need pickups or pickup repair jared at brandonwoundpickups.com j-a-r-e-d uh brandonwoundpickups.com is the website i'm also on the other social media things that is correct and we need to give a shout out to uh, a, a couple more people real quick tony yes we would like to uh thank our executive producers for the support of this podcast Indeed. super simple to become an executive producer it comes with some great benefits uh including you get to have your name set on the thing that's right Red um, on the thing. Said, said or red? Yeah. I said said. <laughs> either one. You could <laughs> okay, do it. I did it right. I still got no, in trouble. You did it. Go so ahead. I said said. Uh, so let's start from our, from our, from our, from our newest Easy member. for you to say. For fur, for fur. Yeah. Uh, so let's welcome on board Mr. Alex Leggett. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Big Rob- thank you. Robert Marfleet. Mm-hmm. John Anglin. Chris Kearney. Sean S. 
We're gonna stick with that. <laughs> we, we 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 discussed this. And he's we, a nice fellow, Sean. Too. You're 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 gonna be permanently S. He's unless you tell us otherwise. Okay. Uh, Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Derek Fitzer, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and Tom Barazin. If you would like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs to find out how. Thank you, gentlemen. Exactamon. All right, everybody. Uh, we want to say a great big thank you to um, who's our friend? Who's our friend? Who's our friend? Alex is our friend. Alex. Alex from Copper huh? Sound. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us, man. This has been great talking with you. We truly appreciate it. And, um, you know, feel free to give us a holler anytime. Tell us what's going on with a, your, uh, your, the work that you're doing, any announcements you have, anything like that. Absolutely. This has been great. I feel the enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> it's been super great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. You're talking. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Subscribe. Yeah. 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 The human torch was yeah. denied a bank loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you hey, rather have Alex. mustard so gas specific or mayonnaise? Would you gas? rather embarrass yourself on the podcast saying mustard gas is World War Two? Or <laughs> this is the first time I've ever messed up this much. This is really unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.